Welcome to another Mind Body Story, the podcast that explores the connection between your mind and body and inspires you to embrace your authentic self. Whether you're seeking healing, personal growth, or a new perspective, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Anna Stefan, also known as the Align Body Coach, and I'm so excited to be your guide here. Join me as we connect with educators, mentors, and everyday people who have discovered the healing power of movement, meditation, or self-awareness. Get ready to feel connected and inspired. In today's episode, I am chatting with Lynn, who is joining us all the way from the US. And we are talking about her career change, her personal experience, um, getting off the hamster wheel, as she calls it. We're talking about energy, Reiki, healing, and so, so much more. Um, There is so much great advice in this episode and a beautiful story to listen to. So I hope you enjoy it and chat soon. Hi, Lynn. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. We'll start with a quick introduction. So can you um, tell us a little bit about your journey, about yourself and um, how you got to where you are today? So basically, this episode is called From Wall Street to Reiki, and I'm so excited to hear all about that, of what led you to make this career change. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the title gives it away a little bit, but I spent, I'm Lynn, and I live on the East Coast, but I've lived all over the United States and was lucky enough to study abroad in Europe. But I was 25 years in financial services on Wall Street. I did a lot of merger integration and really rose the ladder. And about two years ago, I completely left and retired from that space to move into wellness because I really want to support women and men who want more clarity. And I find that in the hustle and bustle of daily life, I was losing myself. And I know we'll get into this more, but I really believe that the way to finding internal wellness and external success is first getting clarity for yourself. So I am a Reiki master. I love to teach. I love to facilitate workshops, but I also am a holistic career coach so that people can find another way in the world to find success. That is so interesting. And what was the point, the turning point in your life or the moment where you realized, okay, I need a change? What motivated you to take action and and leave that environment? So there were two main things, very close in time. Um, The first was that my own mother got very sick and she got sick. She's living today, which is a great story, but she got sick with cancer and it really, she was very young and really caught us all off guard. I also recognized that she never took care of her own health. She was always caregiving, grandparents, kids. School, whatever she was doing, she was always involved with everyone else. And then I had my own two children. And upon helping my mom with and my family help my mom, at the return of my second maternity leave, my own boss was killed. And it was at that point where I felt this level of exhaustion. And it sadly took the death of Sue to wake me up and say, what am I doing here? What, it can really happen in an instant. And it was a terrible circumstance. 
that her death led me to find another way to operate. And I think I was at the point of complete exhaustion of caregiving for my mother, her medical journey, two small children, a career. Who am I as a mom returning to this very intense work environment, commuting on airplanes, commuting into offices, and then having this woman who I found as a mentor have this happen to her. Um, And that was my first day back at work, uh, returning to her funeral. And so I would say that it was one of those things where it was a lot of things, but that was the ultimate real need for me to research how to save myself, really. Huge wake-up call if, I mean... Sorry to hear that. Um, wow. And I'm I'm so delighted your mom is, is well um, and with you right now. And I think m- many of our listeners can uh, relate to that feeling of constantly prioritizing others and putting yourself last. Um, so where did you start? So I like to say that I really followed some breadcrumbs, but Upon reflecting on this, it's really about saying yes to yourself in whatever that means. So it could be a yoga class. It could be uh, reading a book. It could be listening to a podcast. It could be this one little thing that you say yes to for yourself. And so for me, one of my friends, um, I was living on the East Coast, but one of my West Coast friends had signed up for a coaching class and she said, I need some volunteers to let me coach them. And I respected her like crazy before. I just was excited to talk to her, let alone getting her coaching. And that was the first yes. That was the first yes to saying, what am I doing in this career? How did I get there? And it was an hour a week at the beginning. And that led me to really looking inside. And I think listeners out there just say yes to one thing and it doesn't have to be you know I ended up down this path of learning and classes and all the things but you don't have to sign up for all of that right away it's like what's the breadcrumb that interests you follow that and that's where I ended up is just saying yes to that one I need help just just recognizing and admitting that you need to make a change and so you didn't quit your job immediately you started to look for some some help for as you said those breadcrumbs i do think the internet and social media is a little bit much with the take the leap do it afraid it's like great but i'm also an adult i have a mortgage i have two small children who diapers sneakers whatever the thing is right you're like I still have to do all this. And I love working. I really do. I love being helpful. I love having an impact. So I wasn't quite ready to quit. And to be honest, if I quit, I don't know what I would have done. And so I think the moment for me is that clarity pivot where you're like, okay, here's my path. And the path can edit and can change it. But I knew I wanted to get off of this fake ladder that existed on Wall Street, get the next title, get the next raise, get the bigger project. I'm like, what am I doing this for? And so finding these answers, one of the coolest things I've done, and I don't know if you've done this, I would recommend it for anyone at any age. I sent an email, this is part of the homework that led me to coaching and Reiki is, send an email 
to 10 people, eight people that you, not your best friends, not your sisters or your parents, send it to people who, who have been in your life. And I asked the five questions. And essentially one of the questions was, what do you see me doing? No limits. And someone could have come back and been like a chef or someone could have come back and been like, you know, a cruise director. I don't know what they would have come up with. But it was an open-ended question. And it wasn't a, it wasn't like a survey. It wasn't a human design. It wasn't strength finder. It was just like to my people who knew me in the past, who were like two degrees away from me. And every single one came back as teacher, coach, the word sort of teacher, facilitator, coach was in all of those 10 replies. And it's nice to have someone reflect back to you when you feel so incredibly lost as that caregiver role. And as, especially as a new mom, I was like, who in the world am I? And that was the biggest aha moment I had had. Um, because I think if I, to, you know, to go back to your original question, I wasn't ready to quit. It would have made me probably even more lost. And so I just recommend like getting a couple of answers and having a plan. We're, we're too, um, the world is too expensive right now to not have a plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I love that idea of the sending this question to a few people. Sometimes people see in you what you don't see in yourself. And it's so much easier to have that clarity when someone else just points it out. It's like, oh, yeah, I knew you were meant for this. Right. And I, I think if I was thinking, you know, what would I have written back to myself if I had to answer it? And I probably would have put like, organizer or executor because I was really good at these tasks and we all label ourselves right like I'm sure one of your labels is like I I'm a podcaster I'm a coach like all these things but what else do people really see in you if someone had written like owning a store I might not be on this podcast today right like it's nice to get not only affirmation but it's also a wake-up call when you have fog when I look at energy I see a lot of people that have like almost like a, a fuzzy windshield, that foggy windshield. And I had it for so long. Um, oh, so that's so interesting. The, yeah. the, the foggy windshield. So so that's a that's a Reiki term, right? Is it to, if for those of us who, well, I know a little bit about Reiki. I admit I, I don't really understand it. So uh, for, for our listeners who don't know what Reiki is, can you explain a little bit of what it is and how it works? Sure. Um, and I definitely went from Wall Street and went down the, a lot of those breadcrumbs and I ended up just following my gut instinct and taking some Reiki classes. So Reiki is the Japanese art of energy healing. And a lot of modalities have similar themes, but a couple of key points is it works on the chakra system a lot like yoga or other um, Eastern modalities. And I call it acupuncture without the needles. I really believe that we hold energy in our bodies. And what's great is that Einstein, Benjamin Franklin, other scientists recognize that these atoms are bumping into each other, whether it's this candle that I'm holding up right now, or um, even my phone, the chair I'm sitting on, right? These are all atoms and particles. That's a known scientific fact. But what happens is they get blocked. So I have the ability through training and what they call an attunement, is to understand how to use energetic systems to move energy. So my personal technique 
is to work with individuals one-on-one or in really small groups and clear out their energy, unclog their pipes, clean off the windshield, and then allow in. I think it's really hard when we're really confused or upset or traumatized in some way, shape, or form to get to our goals because we're usually holding on to the past. What I also love about Reiki is it's pretty fast acting and it can last quite a while. It can last from a day, a week, and even some people feel the effect longer depending on how deep the sessions go. It can heal physical ailments. I have a client coming in to work on her lower leg, restless leg. And then I have someone who just is in a, in a funk. She's very depressed and she's coming later in the week to just feel more like herself is how she, she will. Um, so I use symbols. I talk in Japanese and mumble in ja- Japanese. And the last thing I'll say that I love about Reiki is it has five precepts. It goes something like this. Just for today, I will not worry. Just for today, I will be humble. Just for today. And it goes on and on. And I just, gosh, in the world that we live in, everyone's looking for the next thing. I know I was in the hamster wheel of my next job. Even my kids, everyone's like, what do you want to do this summer? What are you going to be when you grow up? Right? We are trained at an early age. And it's like, just for today, I'm going to feel really good. And it gives me personal permission to stay present. I love that. Just for today, I will. Uh, is it better to use it in, in a positive way? So just for today, I won't. I don't know. Did you so do one that? of the so ones I didn't easy. recite. Well, one of the ones I did recite, sorry to interrupt you, was just for today, I will not anger. Okay, so you so can you use can it. you can flip it. You can flip you it. Can. And I love to add. I love to add. Like maybe today you need to be kind to yourself. Maybe today you need to be the caregiver. Maybe today... You say, I'm in a pause just for today. If you're feeling slow, maybe you say just for today, I'm, g- I'm going to hustle. I'm going to get that to-do list done. I'm going to stop avoiding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And do you work, uh, do you work online or in person with, uh, with Reiki? So this is the part where you need a lot of faith. And I lost my faith when my mom was sick and I needed a thread back to the universe. And so I do it both in person. I don't touch. It's all done um, through feeling that I have. And I have a process to drop in. I don't walk around like an open, energetic being. Uh, I lived in New York City for a while and it was too much for my energy. I didn't know what I was experiencing at the time. And then I do do it over the phone. I do it over Zoom. And I tap into your energy. I also do it. Um, I've had a lot of people having surgeries. I've had a lot of people having their family members have surgeries and I will do a meditation that they can listen to before or after surgery as a family or for them. So that's the faith part, right? I can't really explain it except that I know it works. I've had so many clients talk about it and there's a whole culture in Asia that is working through this. And ultimately, we I think we all want a little faith in the bigger picture, in the universe, in signs. And so I feel more spiritual than ever before. I was raised Catholic and I really had a lot of doubt in God and the universe when my mom was so deeply sick at a young age. And I think this has brought me back to my own practice. And in COVID, we weren't allowed to be in public places, having these bigger communities. And so it really has 
been a good ritual for me. The other thing I love about it is, let's just say you don't, you've never done Reiki training, but guess what? We're all made of energy. Just do a body scan. So as you're laying in bed at night, think about, well, what is my, from my neck to my head, how am I feeling? No judgment. And there's a fancy term for it, but you're doing a body scan and then do, you know, think about your torso, your arms. Even now I'm doing it. My left hand's activating. Think about your hips. What are your hips holding? And just notice. And I would invite any of your listeners, if you want me to do a quick read on you, we're going to post how to get in touch with me. I would love to do a quick reading on them if they send me their full name and where they're located the majority of the time. I will happily engage. I need the name and location and I, I can pop in and I can just do a quick scan. And it can be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be complicated. And sometimes we tend to overdo it, right? It's just like, how am I feeling today without judgment? Definitely. It's so underrated. The body scan is it's the first thing I start with in every session, class, everything I do. It's like, okay, close your eyes and how is your body? How does everything feel? Do from your toes to your head uh, to your head. And it's such such an underrated type of right? slowing down activity. Yeah. And you can do that as a family. You can do that as, you know, I do that with my daughters if they're having a moment you know, let's lay in bed or, you know, I'm not a morning person. So a lot of my routines are at night. Um, and, and I do, I do think it's underrated. It can be that simple. You don't need a training. You don't need a certification. You don't need to go back to school to just say, how am I feeling? And without judgment, right? It's like, you're going to lead, you're going to lead your clients through it. And it's just like, it's, it's a starting point. It's the compass to start what you need to focus on. I love that. What is, uh, so of course, people are going to have some misconceptions about Reiki and how it works and what have you experienced? What have you come across when it comes to what people think Reiki is or is not? Or what could, what it can and cannot do for you? I think people sometimes believe that it's a religious practice. It is not. That's the first. It is easily added on to anything. So people think it has to be this huge ceremony and you have to be in the woods and you have to do all these fancy things, but you can add it to a yoga class. You can add it to your journal practice. It can be supplemental. I also believe that um, people think you have to touch or get a massage or get the acupuncture to have movement in your body. And that's not always true. And then lastly, I think people think it's going to rearrange their brain, right? So it's not. My own husband, frankly, is like, oh, and I, and I do have limits. Like I, my dad wants me to do it on him. I feel too close. My husband, I would not work on. Like sometimes you just have these boundaries when you have clients or different people. But my husband's like, are you going to rewire my brain so that I, I fold the laundry or whatever? I mean, I'm joking, but you know, it's just a simple way to reduce any hyperactivity in your nervous system to get out of fight or flight. And we all need help. And I think especially as women and some men who are caught in the loop of, in my world, the financial services, I work with a lot of doctors and physicians as well, and they feel too proud. I think we think we can all do this ourselves. Oh, I can figure it out. I'm smart. But to be held by someone else, I think is, is a really important piece of it. And if someone does have a ritual or a practice, I say keep doing it. But maybe you need 
extra help. That's it. That's it. Um, I've, I've recently, so I had one of my guests was a psychotherapist and we talked about this exact same thing, um, how we think, and especially in this um, world of self-help books, um, audiobooks, and you have all the information you need to help yourself, but you can't. You ha- you Sometimes you need a professional. You need someone, as you said, to to hold that space for you, to hold um, your energy and, and your uh, well-being in their hands. Yeah, absolutely. You work as a career coach as well. So how do you, you, I saw something on your website that was like, I had an inner blockage or inner blockages. And how do you help your clients remove them? And how, where does uh, that come together? Your career coach, um, coaching business and your Reiki. You know, I really looked I had to piece together getting out of Wall Street. And I don't recommend it for everyone. And I also don't recommend everyone leave their corporate job. I don't. I love cor- I love work. I love structured work. Not entrepreneurship or, you know, working for yourself is not for everyone. And so what I do with a lot of my clients is I wanted a coach who would look at me in, in my entirety with all the labels, the hats I wear. And I couldn't really find it. So I had to piece it together with a therapist, with a massage therapist, with acupuncture, with all these modalities. But I really just wanted someone to say, at the beginning of a session, where am I? Where am I trying to go energetically? And so I weave in breath work at the beginning or end of a session. And I start with values and vision. I like to go really big. Like, let's do it. Let's think about the thing you've always wanted to do. You want to be Taylor Swift? Great. Let's put it out there into the world. Whatever you're thinking. Because we all have these things when we were kids, like my kids right now. What do you want to be when you grow up? Go back to that dreaming state. And then I dig in and I go, I double click into, well, where are we today? And I believe that when you bring your energetics and you find out who you are and you remove those blockages, you can actually hit your goals. And so blockages for me could be inner critic. It was feeling like I was living in the shoulds. And there are various reasons for me. It was being the firstborn, the first grandchild, right? I believe birth order had a lot to do with it. And I wanted to get out of that. My blockages came when I had two specific Reiki sessions that changed my life to the point where people said to me, you look different. Did you do something? Did you change your hair? I'm like, no. When those blockages would, you know, we could do a whole pod just on blockages, but I really did ask for support and got out of the shoulds. And just like a pipe that has clogs in it, you cannot, I couldn't See the path forward without removing that. So for me, it's both energy work, it's journaling. It's um, the other thing I do that I recommend. If you've been to a nutritionist, if you've ever been to a workout class, they usually have notes. It's like five reps. Or the nutritionist will say, well, how much dairy did you eat today? Take a list. So I have all of my clients take an energy journal. What were you doing in the morning? Who were you with? Did you feel up? Did you feel middle? Did you feel down? Do it. You have to do it a couple days during the week. And then you have to do it a couple of days 
on the weekends when you're not working. And it really gives you a theme of like, where, what am I doing that does not serve my energy? And these are just more clues to getting to the goals. And I think sometimes we underestimate what we already know about ourselves, but we never pause to say like, you know what? Every time I go on a walk with that coworker, it's not good for me. And maybe you don't cut that coworker off, but it's a clue. Or you know what? I don't have any mentors right now. I'm living with these angry people who I ride and I commute with. And you know what? I don't want to surround myself with those people. I need to find someone who's a better mentor or a better expander for me. And so I love that idea of where, just going back to where are we today? Where are we this week? That is a, and then we start to remove those blocks, both physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And for me, a big thing was just getting back to my spiritual practices. Frankly, I had nothing. It was a big fat zero. I had no connection to a bigger picture. And I didn't feel anyone was helping me. And when I really spent the time to do that energy work, I needed to know who I needed help from and who I was in this, in this world, All, getting off of the hamster wheel, right? Very interesting. And you mentioned people saying that you look different. So that energy work that you did was very physical as well. It was very visible in the body. And I know that if you, uh, I've been told and I do this um, now, when you have an important decision, you close your eyes and you feel in the body, what would it mean to say yes? What would it mean to say no? What would, would, would it feel to go right? What would it feel to go left? Isn't that such a physical thing? What, what did that look for you when you, when you started to remove those, um, those blockages in the body, in the physical body, not only in the mind? Well, and I, I ask my clients to hold on to the decision for 24 hours. I say, live in the decision for 24 hours, pretend in your mind, you don't have to tell anyone, and then give yourself a day off and then make the other decision. So if you, you know, the yeses and the noes sort of separate it by a day. The, um, my face changed. I got lighter. I released a lot of the busyness, right? Like I literally was leaning forward all the time, rushing, rushing, rushing. And I still like to move pretty fast. It's just me as a human being. I'm a manifesting generator. I have fire. I'm a Sagittarius. Like I like to go. I like to get stuff done. And that's never going to change. But I was working at breakneck and breakneck speed. I also just think the end of the day, my epiphany, if you call it that, was that at the core, when I came to those realizations, the only thing that mattered was this mantra. I am me. It didn't matter if I got the good grade or I got the title. Like coming to the realization that I had it all within me, I wasn't always searching. I wasn't always clawing out of a tunnel. And oftentimes, the sense of lack doesn't always mean a financial lack. I think when we say the word abundance, we think like, oh, it has to mean money and gold and silver. It, it can just mean an energetic abundance where I came back to myself. I think the constant searching for that title, 
How many people do I have in my yoga class? How many people read my piece? How many people said thank you when I held that party? It gets exhausting. And so that I released, I love learning. So my searching is more in information, like you're saying, but I no longer feel the need to search for the extra ego, which probably makes me a terrible tennis player because I'm like, oh, I did my best. <laughs> but I've released a lot of expectations on myself. I love that. And how has that changed the relationships with uh, your mom? So with your children, with your partner, with your family, you so everybody knew this um, hamster wheel, <laughs> Lynn, and then you've changed completely. And I know it didn't happen overnight, but how has that uh, impacted your relationships? And I don't know if you were a mom before um, yes. changing career or yeah. Yeah. And I will say it's a five year journey. It was not quick going back to that leap. There isn't really no leap. It was just step and step. And then sometimes you take a couple steps back and then go. So it's also not rosy when you change. There's a lot of resistance. I've been called selfish. I've been told I've gotten quiet when I don't plan. But I've stuck to it. And so some of my relationships are no longer. And some of mine are so strong. My great, great college friend has said to me, you are so passionate. I'm so happy you're finally, it's almost like I'm, I'm in the positive. My energy, you know, when we budget, right? Like I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm up. I no longer have that deficit. So the, the, the relationships you had, um, that were already in a good place got stronger and the ones you were you had any doubts about or the ones that were, you know, a little bit on the surface and um, they had to go. Yeah, absolutely. I think people who have wanted me to succeed or have been in my corner have enjoyed watching the journey. I think other people who are, in my word, takers, who are energetic, energetic vampires, they don't like it when you stand your ground or you put up a boundary. I've heard also, the word before, uh, energetic vampires. I just, I'm not sure exactly what it means and, and how it, how you can recognize that in someone. Yeah. So I think the word, you know, to take, to constantly take like a bat, like a vampire bat, right? They're just sucking the blood. And I think of those old movies with the black and white vampires and they come out of the dark. And they're a little unassuming, right? They're like, oh, you know, I'm helping you. I'm eating, I'm eating through things you don't need. But in reality, some people just continue to take. They want you to do all the work in the friendship, at work. And we're no relationship is ever perfect, but and no relationship, whether it's a friend or a partner, is ever really 50-50. It 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 flows. But when you are constantly running in that deficit as a friend. It just can suck you dry. And I think when I put up a boundary and said, you know what? This week is about me or this, I'm no longer going to be able to listen at nauseam to you complaining about a really kind person I work with and, and bashing them for no reason. Or we all know the person who takes credit for the work and maybe you call them out on it or 
you say, you know what, I'm not going to collaborate with you anymore because every time I do, I do all the work. And that collaboration could be anything from a play date you have with your kids' friends or someone who asks you to host all the time or a colleague at work who's like, thanks so much, Lynn, for doing all the PowerPoints and all the Word documents and all the, you know, the meetings. It's just maybe you, you can't in your world say no and shut them down or shut them off. That's also a different kind of leap and oftentimes unrealistic. How do you put up subtle boundaries and say, you know what, today I'll do the PowerPoint presentation, but you have to take the notes. And people are like, well, it's shocking to some people. And so those people can't handle it because when you push back on them, they know they've been caught, so to speak. They know they've been found out. But I don't do it against them. This is a good point here energetically. I don't do it to harm the other person who never takes help, never helps. I do it for my uh, my own sanity, my own energy. I, you know, I think what's important this week? And I'll be honest, I'm going into surgery next week. I have a massive surgery coming and it's not an emergency, but it's been planned, but it has to be done, it has a very long recuperation. And I have closed my books. I have one Reiki client earlier in the week. I have another coaching client later and the rest of the week is all about me. It's about my meditation. It's about my visualization. It's about me taking those extra walks just to have the energy to go into surgery. It's about taking long protein-based lunches so that I can be ready for the recuperation. And that's not great for everyone. They want me to be the volunteer. They want me to do the extra thing. They want me to fit them in. And I'm not doing it to harm my clients. I'm not, but I'm doing it for myself. And so I think that's the energetic difference is that you're not giving someone else the energetic middle finger, if I can, right? It's like, this is about me. Don't make it about you. And think about oh, that. It's like starting with your core. What do I need? That's why values are so important. What are my values? You know what? This week, it's about me. It's not about one of my values is community, but it's not about my community this week. It's about me. Not now. Yeah, exactly. But it can be in a couple of weeks. I'll be back. I'll be back to the community. So, so interesting. And um, how? what advice would you give someone who um, feels that um, energy drain in a situation, for example, in a family situation, but they feel like, one, you can't shut them down and, and and shut them, take them out of your life completely. You still have to go to these family gatherings. But two, they are really draining you and you you come back feeling like that's the worst thing you can do for your self-care, for your mental health as well. What can they so do have, in that situation? I have two, I'll call them easy things, but no one needs to know why you're doing them. The first when you're physically with that person, cross your body, cross your legs, cross your ankles. You can sit at a table like this. No one needs to know. The cross is an energetic, uh, uh, I'm, I'm putting my hands up, my wrists are crossed. You can sit at a table. You can put your hands on your lap and cross. You can even put your hands, uh, crisscross your hands. Um, any sort of physical crossing is a way to reduce the energy that hits your body. If you're 
if you're open, if your arms are wide in the shape of like moving to a T, if your legs are wide and you're, you're, you're just, you're opening up your energy. So closing off again, no one needs to know if you're sitting across from grandma and grandpa who triggers you. And it's just a reminder to yourself physically that, Hey, not open for business today. The other component is washing your hands. Washing your hands, you can go to a sink in a bathroom in a kitchen and you can rub your hands like a surgeon. Rub, rub, rub. You don't even need soap. No one needs to know why you're doing it. You could have had a bad appetizer. You could have gotten sticky from the honey and the tea. Washing your hands for a little bit longer. You can even close your eyes, take a couple of deep breaths. The water is cleansing. It cleanses the energy of that angry conversation or that triggering, that triggering environment. And I do it all the time. Often sinks in the kitchen. You often have your back to people as well. Give yourself a minute. Give yourself that little energy pep talk. I've got this. I'm not going to be triggered. I'm going to walk away. I know I'm not holding that conversation. Wash, wash, wash. Also, you can do that at work. Go to the restroom. Take a breather. Wash your hands. And as you're washing, we joke in COVID in the US and I'm sure in Europe, it was sing the ABCs. Give yourself that pep talk. Give yourself that two minutes. It's shocking how much that helps. If you can't get to a restroom, try to drink that water and take it from the inside. So interested. I'm going to definitely use that. <laughs> um, I don't have that many family meetings at the moment, but I, I, I was one of those people and my solution was to just stop going. Um, and it's not really a solution because, you know, family is family. And of course, if you live like I live very far now, so I can't see them. So it's great. <laughs> but right. If I know. Them, if you have or to even, see certain people, it's a good idea. It's a good these are a good few tools you can uh, you can use. It's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, there are people you run into in your town you don't love or that curmudgeon in your neighborhood. It's that same idea of sort of sloughing it off, washing. If you walk by that neighbor's house, even practice crisscrossing your feet. And it's for you. No one needs to know that. Um, also in meetings, if you're going into a tough negotiation and you don't want to get blasted, you can sit at a table. You can negotiate with your arms crossed. Uh, and it can just be your wrist. You don't have to sit with that old adage of, you know, you're not accepting. It can be very subtle. Very interesting. What what would you say is your most, is the most joyful part of what you do now, of your life now? Well, I find joy for myself, right? We We do what we need. So I find that my practices have really helped me I can say I am so confident about this surgery. I had a real dip a couple of weeks ago and I am like so ready and almost excited for the healing. I'm scared a little bit, but really being forward with that confidence is a game changer. I, uh, five years ago, I would have been a basket case. The other component is impacting other people. Having a client say, I've never felt rested like this, or even two weeks after a session, or um, a career coaching saying, wow, I finally hit, I, we finally got to that goal and the goals can change for everyone. I also have repeat clients. So I know that they're coming back, uh, for the healing. I know it's working and I love teaching and facilitating. I love doing this on a bigger scale. 
that's where I came from, you know, meetings with huge groups of people. So I like having that impact, but healing people from the inside out. And I know it can be about the bigger people or wanting to take this bigger and bigger, but I love helping the individual because I think when you're a fantastic individual, you can have a ripple effect. And I love seeing my clients have the ripple effect and hearing about it. That's beautiful. What would you say is the most challenging thing about your life now, about what you do now compared to before? I think the doubt. People have a lot of doubt. Uh, People are confused about how I could leave Wall Street, which is seemingly so glamorous. And there are people who doubt. I had an old colleague say, I'm so confused by what you're doing now. For them, I believe that they often want to get out or they're being tortured in their own way and they don't see a way out or they're unwilling to help. And I do find sadness in individuals who literally can't see the forest for the trees. So I think the hardest thing for me is noticing that people don't want to take care of themselves. I do get so sad, especially for women who just are afraid, afraid to ask for help, afraid to see themselves, feel so caught in the loop because I know what's coming for them. I know the dis-ease, the disease, the mental and physical breakdown. I physically have seen it in people around me when you don't deal with your stuff. And Reiki is just one way to deal with your stuff, your nervous system. There's so many modalities. And I really feel sadness for those people, but you can only help those who want to be helped, right? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. That's absolutely right. Um, I'd say final question. If um, your if our listeners could take away just one key insight or lesson from our chat today, what would you want that to be? So what's the most important message or piece of advice that you'd like to share? So out of when I was leaving, right, when I was leaving Wall Street, I knew I was leaving. I hadn't put in my notice yet. I wrote an Oracle deck and it's called the 24 Oracle deck. I happened to be born on the 24th of a month. But the reason I did this is because there are 24 significant moons, I will say, 12 new moons in a year and 12 full moons. And the point of this is that we're all in a phase. The moon wanes, the moon waxes, it gets full, the full moon gets all the attention. But what about when you're feeling blank, the new moon, it's an opportunity to put things in the pot, right? And for me, it's about living in the and. I'm going to move from one phase to the next. And what's going to happen then? Or I'm, I'm really struggling. I feel really rooted right now, but I can't, I can't reach for the stars. What is going on? I feel too stuck. So living in the and, knowing you can be rooted and confused. You can be happy and so frustrated about something else. And being able to hold both of those things goes back to what we talked about in the beginning is like being okay and not judging where you are. It's just the reality of of adulting. So being okay with whatever phase you're in and knowing there's another one right around the corner. So interesting. Thank you for that. Um, Where can we find you? So where do you hang out? I hang out a lot on Instagram. It's at underscore Lynn Mull. I have a website, lynnmull.com that has my offerings, both virtual and in person. And you can buy my Oracle deck there as well. And I'm new to Substack. 
So I'm writing a few articles about how to find clarity, how to find that energetic abundance. And it's all with my name, Lynn Mull. Thank you so much, Lynn. I really enjoyed our chat. And uh, yeah, I hope we can chat again about those blockages because that that should be um, um, a whole episode on its own, I'm aware now. <laughs> um, thank you so, so much for coming on and I hope to chat with you soon again. Yes, and you get a Reiki session. So we're going to schedule that next. Oh, excited. Thank you so much. Have Bye. a lovely day. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, please give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.